What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with questions from morality to justice, evangelization, prayer, any and all of the above. Then I sit with your questions, I study, have conversations with other people, spend a lot of time in prayer, and then I try to respond in a way that's good for you. But because I'm imperfect and broken, not always will my advice be good for you. And if that is the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject it. However, if my advice is helpful for you in cultivating virtue, then I really want to invite you and encourage you to lean into Jesus so that he can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship, especially whenever my advice is, is difficult. Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com with your questions, uh, comments, critiques. Also, please rate and review us on iTunes and on other podcast formats because that way other people will be able to find out about the show. On today's show, we're going to talk about the family. And so in the family, we have divisions. We have divisions with in-laws. We have divisions with new daughter-in-laws. We have divisions with our sisters, spouse, our brothers, whatever. And so how do we deal with family divisions? Also, with regard to family, what is my obligation toward my parents as an adult with regards to being obedient to them? How do I manifest authentic obedience to my fathers and my mothers um, as a grown man, grown woman? And finally, most of us have grown up, or many of us have grown up with a family pet. Some people have fish, some people have cats, some people have hamsters, some have dogs. I'm in the South. Some of us have alligators. Um, I'm just joking for the most, I think. Uh, But will they go to heaven, right? We enjoy them on earth. They give us consolation sometimes on earth. What happens whenever they die? Where do pets go after death? So that's our show. Stay tuned. All right, before we answer those questions, I want to share with you a glory story. So anybody who knows me knows that I absolutely love litanies. I love the litany of humility. It is one of my favorite prayers. It has helped me out so much in my relationship with Jesus and other members of the body of Christ, the church, it has been a tool that God has used to purify me. And he continues to use it to purify me of that thing that we call ego. Um, my other favorite prayer is the litany of trust that was written by one of the sisters of life. It is another good prayer and it has been very helpful for me and for my parishioners. A lot of people come with trust issues. Oh, oh. Trust issues. Oh, whoa, whoa. Trust issues. Oh, whoa. They got some trust issues. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Trust issues. Yeah, so when we have trust issues, litany of trust by the Sisters of Life. It is such a good prayer. Both of those prayers are in my book, um, Broken and Blessed. I think they're both in my book, Broken and Blessed. I know litany of trust is in there. I imagine, yes. Litany humility is also in there as well. So those are both prayers that if you want to pray, you can uh, get my book, Broken and Blessed, uh, through Ascension Press, and you can pray those. But I have a new litany, and it's a prayer for deliverance. So many people, so many of us um, are oppressed in so many ways by the demonic. And so I've received this great gift recently of a prayer of deliverance. And so I'm going to pray it with you and for you 
right now. It's my new favorite litany. It's for deliverance. And so let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, all saints of heaven, come to our aid. From anxiety, sadness, and obsessions, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. And from every sort of spell or malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult, we implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary, we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So that's my glory story as I found the new prayer, and that just makes me all happy inside. It makes me happy. Clap around if you feel like it makes me happy. Don't know the lyrics, but I know that the word it says is it makes me happy. Clap, clap. All right. Before we jump into today's topics, we have a few feedbacks and follow up from some of our listeners. First one comes in from Anonymous. Anonymous says, after 49 years of marriage, I still struggled with believing that things my husband and I did before marriage were sinful. I kept asking God to show me where I wasn't getting it. And my spirit, I heard, because it robbed you of the joy I had for you on your wedding night and in your first encounter with each other. After this, I was able to have true sorrow, and I went to confession at the age of 74. Whoa. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. All right. It's never too late to bring our stuff to the sacrament of reconciliation. So, Anonymous, I'm, I'm glad that you had this beautiful breakthrough. Uh, God always has gifts in store for us. He always is a father who blesses us, and I'm grateful that at the age of 74, you've been able to receive that great gift of God's mercy and his forgiveness. Amen. All right. Next feedback comes in from Melissa. Melissa says, Father Josh, I've been enjoying your podcast so much on my long commute back and forth to work. Listening this week's question to this week's question about priest and parish staff was difficult as our beloved parish priest, Father Paul, passed away unexpectedly this past Sunday from a stroke. Uh, Rest in peace, brother. He was an amazing man and brought so many gifts to our parish. He was a gifted speaker and had the ability to connect with the congregation from young to old during his homilies. Praise Jesus Christ. My kids, aged 11 through 14, loved him and cried so hard hearing the news of his passing. I feel devastated. 
I occasionally went to him for spiritual direction, and I'm crying now thinking about how I will never be able to see him again. But you will, Melissa. You will see him again, right, in the kingdom of heaven. And every time you unite yourself to the Eucharist, you are in communion with him as well. Uh, So back to your question. While sick with cancer and trying to make sense of the things, he reminded me of the agony in the garden. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He not as I will, but as you will. It is not for me to understand why this amazing priest was taken from us. I must trust. The podcast hit home because for a while I've been questioning his choice of a parish staff member. Several uneasy experiences led me to want to ask him why he put so much faith in this person, but my heart told me not to. He had so much more of the big picture of the parish. Who was I to question his choices? I am now so grateful now that I listened to my heart. My grief would be even worse if I let things with him on a complaint. Thank you so much for your guidance, Father Josh. You're filling a void now more than you know, Melissa. Praise God, Melissa. I'm grateful that the Lord has brought us into each other's lives in this season for you and for me and our walk toward eternity. I will pray my office of readings, the Liturgy of the Hours for Father Paul today and for you as well for your consolation in your heart. Okay, on to today's question. Question number one is something that hits home for a lot of people in the parish. Potential family divide. This question comes in from Anonymous. This person writes, I would first like to thank you for your time, your prayers, and advice. Your podcast has helped me continuously work on becoming a better person and guide me to become closer to Jesus. Praise God. My brother has been married for two years now. Before he and his wife were married, she was a very loving and involved person in our family. Now that they have children, my family, especially my mother, feels that his wife stays very secluded from the rest of us. This has caused problems with many family events recently, and it's hard for me to let go of how close of a family we used to be. I'm not sure if it's a jealousy thing or if it's because she doesn't agree with everything that we say and do. I've tried to discuss with my brother these feelings without making him feel I was attacking her. I even went on to say that we respect that he chose her to be his wife and support him. However, This just leads to him taking her defense, and she seems angry or more distant after. But she will not discuss this with me or anyone else in our family. What is your advice on dealing with this? I feel like if it progresses on, it may divide our family. How do I let it go when I see how much it hurts, how much hurt it causes my mother? Anonymous. So this is a very common question. Very, very, very common question. Um, Yeah. Ooh. So here we go. Let's just jump in right in. I'm going to start with prayer because that's where it began for me as I prayed with your question. As I prayed for you and your family, the scripture that came to my heart was the Gospel of John after the resurrection, whenever Jesus spent some time one-on-one with Peter. And when he was with Peter, he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter responded to Jesus, you know I love you. Um, But Jesus, in the actual text of the scripture, uh, he asked, do you love me with an unconditional love? And Peter responded, Lord, I love you with a friendship love. And then Jesus asked again, Peter, can you love me with an unconditional love? And Peter responded again, I love you with a a friendship love. And finally, Jesus said, Peter, can you love me with a friendship love? And Peter said, Lord, you know I love you with a friendship love. And so in that specific scene from the gospel, what we see in Christ is that Christ did not have expectations. He had desires but he did not make his desires expectations for his relationship with Peter. He allowed Peter to be a free individual 
and he allowed Peter to love him in the way that was conducive for Peter to be able to manifest authentic love to Jesus. And in that season of Peter's life and relationship with God, all he was able to give was a friendship love. Now, Jesus desired unconditional love, but Peter can only give a friendship love, so something less than unconditional love. Jesus received that. And that's all Peter could give. That's what Jesus was going to receive with gratitude. And I want to encourage you as a disciple of Jesus to imitate the master. And to be able to express a desire, we desire that she spends more time with us. We desire that our relationship with her be the way it used to be in the past. But we're not going to expect that from her. Whatever she's willing to give, if it's once a year visit, then we're going to receive that with gratitude because as an individual person, she does not owe you anything. You are not obligated to receive any gift from her, right? It's nice when you do receive from her, but she doesn't have to give anything. She's free, and we can't ever grasp at another person and manipulate them and force them to do that which we want them to do because we're all free. God does not do that with us. God lets us be free as well. God lets us come and go as we please. He certainly appreciates it whenever we stay, but if we leave, he's not going to make us come back. Um, and he's not going to have a pity party about it either. Now, I'm not saying you're having a pity party. Let me be very clear. I just want that, that, that could have sounded very, um, I wasn't trying to sound offensive. And I wasn't, so I, I, I repent if that sounded that way. But I'm just trying to make it clear that we should not have expectations. All right, so the spiritual path that I believe the Holy Spirit is drawing you on is to cultivate poverty of heart in this season in your walk toward eternity. Like poverty of heart where Jesus Christ is sufficient. If you have God, you have everything. Do you have God? then that's enough. And if he gives you the lanyard, the extra of having your sister-in-law as well be in a relationship with you and her children with your with your brother, then cool, praise God. But if he does not, then, he, then you don't need it right now. He will give you what you need in your walk toward eternity to be a saint. If he's not giving you that, it's because you don't need that because he's enough for you right now. And so keep that in mind as far as your own, your own uh, path to heaven right now is that you were called to be grateful for whatever gift she shares, You were called to be a person who has no expectations, but who certainly has desires. Um, And you're called to to be a person who really believes in your core that Jesus Christ is sufficient. That's poverty of heart from the Gospel of Matthew and the Beatitudes. Now, with that being said, how do you manifest your desires in an appropriate way? Uh, I would say invite her out for coffee and don't bring this up as the first conversation. Like just try to cultivate a relationship with her again. Like be super intentional. And if she keeps rejecting you, then be rejected. But you don't give up. Right? You don't give up on the text, the phone calls, the emails, the invitations, and just try your best to cultivate a relationship with her on her terms, on a way that she can receive you. And then in that, at some point, as y'all cultivate your relationship with each other again, I would encourage you to do what I've told some other listeners in the past, facts, feelings, future. Express to her the fact. It's like, hey, you know, fact is we don't see you that much. Um, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> right? Maybe she's experienced some postpartum stuff, right? We don't know what's going on. Um, but Feeling is, you know, it makes me feel, um, you know, it's like I'm missing out because I really love you and I really want to be in a relationship with you. In the future, are you open to cultivating this relationship um, more consistently? Um, and if not, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to force anything. I just want you to know that from my end, I would love to receive more from you and give more to you if that's what you, if that's what you're open to. But whatever you're fine with, right? We have to keep in mind the foundation of freedom. So I, I'm praying for you and your family that division does not come. Uh, praying 
prayers of healing over y'all um, tonight. And uh, let me know. Let me know if this is helpful. All right, next question. Another one. So sometimes it's not the sister-in-laws and the brothers and whatnot. Sometimes the drama comes from our parents. How do we honor that father and mother? So this comes in from Linda. Linda, Linda, that reminds me of Wonder Woman. Wasn't Wonder Woman the actress back in the old days? Like Was it 60s or 70s? Her name was Linda. Linda somebody? Um, Wonder Woman. Yeah, speaking of Wonder Woman, so the new Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie that came out from DC, I thought was a pretty good movie. Um, I'm not really impressed though, in general, just for my comic book fans out there. Uh, I was, I've not been impressed with DC. Like, I was super impressed with the Batman series that came out back in the day, like Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. I thought those movies were epic. And then the new Batman movies came out, and I was disappointed with each and every single one of them. I was disappointed with the Superman movie. Um, Wonder Woman was probably the best one that came out of DC. And Aquaman wasn't like that great, but I enjoyed it. Like it was something that I thought was a fun movie. I didn't have expectations. See, there it goes. I went into Aquaman with no expectations and I was able to delight in the gift that I received from watching that movie. But Marvel has just knocked out the park. Every single Marvel movie I've been impressed with. And so Captain Marvel is coming out soon. And I'm going to take my mama to go watch that. And I'm so excited about that movie. Maybe I'll take my nephew too. But anyways, back to Linda. Linda says, I'm loving the new podcast. Prayers for you, Linda. Thank you so much. I'm super grateful. Thank you for your witness and insightful thoughts to the faith. As a young adult, early 20s, how do I discern how much I'm called to be obedient to my parents? Not that I do anything to hurt them or commit sin, but should I put my dreams on hold to be there for them? What would God want me to do? And why do I sometimes experience no joy in serving my family? This is a loaded question, I know, but anything I can do, anything I can do to, to clarify, I will. All right, Linda, that is a good question. It's really good. So um, a few things, and it's, it all depends on circumstances, right? So uh, in many different ways, if you're still living at home with your mom and dad, it's their house, their rules. And so you've got to be obedient to that, right? But if you're not living at home with them, um, then I don't think you should put your dreams on hold for anyone. Uh, that's not where our obedience our obedience is, is meant to be manifested. Um, we're called to honor our parents. That's a commandment. Uh, what does that mean, though? Honoring mother and father means that we pray for them, that we intentionally fast for them and offer up sacrifices. It means that we respect them and we, we reverence their name. We don't expose them to shame in conversations with other people. Um, it means that we visit them and we, we take care of them in as much as our state of life allows us to. Right. So if, if you're a nun, you can't take care of your parents financially because you're a nun. Right. If you're as a as a priest, I can't do certain things that my brother could potentially do. So based on your season of life, you're in your state of life and your vocation that you're you are, are walking toward eternity in. That's all going to impact the way in which you manifest honoring your mother and your father. However, you never put your dreams on hold for like for because a parent doesn't want you to do a certain job or date a certain person or whatever. Right. Um. Like you just don't. My 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 parents um, initially, whenever I felt called to be a priest, and I told them about it, they didn't want me to be a priest um, because the sex scandal had just happened um, in two thousand two, and they were worried about, and rightfully so, right? Because you know they were worried about some creepers, um, and so. Uh, but God was calling me, and so I eventually just went to the vocation director without even telling my parents, and I began the application process. I was a grown man, and so that's what I did. 
And they re- they respected that. And then they got on board and they supported me. And my dad, who's a Methodist, like he's so proud that I'm a priest. He he travels with a picture of me everywhere he goes and he shows people. He's like, This is my son, Father Josh. And uh he's hilarious. Love my pops and my mom. Um, one time my, my dad made my brother so mad because my mom had surgery and I was in Rome, so I wasn't available to be there for her. And so my dad put a huge picture of me in the hospital. Just me. They have other kids. He just put me in there in my, my ordination picture. And so my brothers came to the hospital to visit my mom, and they got so mad because they thought she did that. They thought that she picked me because, like, I'm her favorite son or something. And so they started fussing at my mom when she got out of, like, she woke up from her surgery. And they're like, Mom, are you serious? Like, why don't you love us? And uh turns out that it was my dad. She And she was like, what are you talking about? Because she couldn't move her neck. She had neck surgery. And so when they showed her the picture, she said, I didn't put that there. My dad came in just grinning because he did it. <laughs> oh, man. That's, see, that's family drama. Right there. That's division right there. Uh, <laughs> so um, back to the question, though. But, yeah, so we never put our dreams on hold for something that God is calling us to, especially even with dating. Like your parents might not like somebody you're dating, but if the person's a good person, then they can't dictate who you marry and who you don't marry. Um, right? My my mother's parents uh, wouldn't probably wouldn't have approved of her marrying my dad, you know, because of how they grew up back in the day. But my mother listened to the voice of God and her walk toward eternity. So um, it's, we don't allow um, our parents that right over our lives, right? Because God doesn't do that. God is not that specific with us. If if we have a dream, God's not going to say, um, like what God wants us to do is God wants us to follow the Ten Commandments. As long as we're following the Ten Commandments, he wants us to be free, to be wild, and to do crazy things for love of God. And that might be going out on a limb and getting a certain job or going to take certain classes or dating a particular person or, or answering the call and responding to a specific state of life vocation. Be free to do all that. Um, Peter Kreeft says that in education, there there are always two extremes. You can be too modern or too experimental. Um, You can be too classical or too rigid. Students need initiative and creativity and originality also. God's law is short. He gave us, get this, 10 commandments, not 10,000. Why? Why not a more complete list of specifics? Because he wanted freedom and variety. Why do you think he created so many persons? Why not just one? Because he loves different personalities. He wants his chorus to sing in harmony, but not in unison. So I'm going to give you one more quote from Peter Kreef before I answer your final question about the lack of joy you experience in being with your family. But he also says this, and I want to preface it by I'm, they're, they're not related, but anyways, just, just go with me here. Trust me, please. <laughs> Peter Kreef also says, discerning and doing God's will should be like married sex. And you're like, wait a minute, why are you talking about married sex when I'm asking a question about my parents? Just just go with me here. As long as you stay within God's law, no adultery, no cruelty, no egotism, no unnatural acts, anything goes. Use your imagination. Is there one and only one way God wants you to make love to your spouse? What a silly question. Making love to your spouse is a great good in God's will. He wants you to decide to be tender or to be wild, moving or still, loud or quiet, so that your spouse knows it's you and not anyone else, not some book who's deciding. So do we, do we see where I'm going with this? Is that God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free to make decisions on how you're going to respond to his will. And obedience to your parents is is respecting them and honoring them, but it is not allowing them to dictate every decision that you're going to make in your walk toward eternity because God does not do that. He gives us freedom. 
Now, as far as the lack of joy that you experience um, in serving your family, I can't answer that because I don't know why. I don't know why. I just do know that love love dictates that we seek the other person's greatest good, period. So um, love is demanding. And if you had a three-year-old child and your three-year-old child was crying at 2 a.m., you would get up and you would nurse your child and spend time with your child because of love, not because you get joy out of doing it, right? If I get multiple phone calls um, throughout the week to anoint someone in the hospital after late nights of ministry, I'm not going to be like, yes, oh man, I'm so passionate about going to anoint the sick. No, but I'm going to do it because that's what love demands. Love is demanding at times. And sometimes um, we're going to experience this great joy that the Holy Spirit will allow us to experience. And sometimes we won't um, experience that joy. Um, but joy isn't about a feeling. It's, it's about an action. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to lean into those difficult relationships because you need them and they need you. We need each other. Uh, we can't, we can't say we don't need them. And so just keep leaning in, even if it's purifying for you to do so. All right. What do y'all think? Do y'all have any other additional advice for Linda, who reminds me of Wonder Woman? Uh, write me at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com and let me know. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right. And we are officially back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. And you can also record a voice note. I've been really enjoying the voice notes. So if you want to record a voice note, send it to me and we can play that on the show in the future. Final question. This one comes in from a mother. So we've had a question from a sister. We've had a question from a daughter. Now we're having a question from a mother. So Beth asks about pets. Are there pets in heaven? Love your podcast. I'm glad I stumbled upon them. My question is from my daughter. She wants to know, do pets go to heaven? So Beth, before you let your daughter listen to this episode, I would encourage you to listen to it first. Um, and so if you haven't listened to this, uh, then press pause and drop your daughter off at school and then listen to it. And then you can talk to her about it or let her listen to me as well. So I want to first answer this question. Can animals in general exist in the new heaven and the new earth? Um, to this, the church, our mother, has never actually given any de- definitive teaching. So speculative theologians, which, uh, which gives me comfort to, to, be, to be in that camp, to speculate right, on theology, have come up with ideas, uh, but no one really knows. So I once read a book back in the day um, by this, this mystic. Her name was Anne the Lay Apostle. And uh, I've always found her books to, to be insightful to read, and I've been able to pray with them. Is she a legit mystic? I don't know, right? Uh, I'm not God, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I just don't know. But I've, I've enjoyed reading her books. Again, I'm not supporting her books. I'm not endorsing them. I just personally found them to be edifying. And in one of her books, when she was writing about heaven or, like, her vision of heaven or whatever she called it, her locution, her experience, whatever, um, and I, I'm saying this with air quotes because it could be all fake. I don't know. I do not know. I'm not God. But nonetheless, I digress. 
in her experience that she writes about her her alleged experience of heaven um she was she saw like these beautiful trees and she saw these these rivers i think and they're fishing them and so um so god created all these beautiful things in heaven right or the beatific vision that she was able to experience so is that legit or not i don't i don't know but whether or not she is legit or her writings are authentic i'm not going to know until i get to heaven or until the church tells me but i do i do want to say that um i like the idea <laughs> of having fish in heaven that clearly we wouldn't eat because we wouldn't need to eat but like could god create a new creature in heaven can god do that god can do whatever he wants right People aren't eating the fish. So for speculative theologians who are in favor of animals being in heaven, I guess their proposal would be that there's nothing that God cannot do. And if God wanted, he can create new creatures to dwell in heaven miraculously, and he can keep them in existence by his own will. God can do whatever he wants. Um, They would not be, though, the same as our pets on earth, right? With regards to particular pets that we've been able to experience and delight in in our walk toward eternity, they do not have souls as human beings have souls. And and the beatific vision really um, is for God, for angels, and for for us, for for humans, and for for our souls to experience in the beatific vision, but for our bodies to also experience um, after the second coming. Um, so once we get caught up in heaven, I think, and I want to propose that we're going to be so caught up in the glory of God that we're we're probably not going to be thinking about the gifts that God allows us to experience that may have drew us to experience his love in our walk toward eternity. We're not going to be so focused on the gifts because we're going to be caught up in the gaze of the gift giver. But again, the gift giver can do whatever he wants. And so he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't have Sparky as Sparky is Sparky right now who died. My, my, my pet, my first dog was, let me see, we had Sparky, we had danger. Sparky was when we were little kids, right? You notice the innocence of that name. And then whenever we got to high school and we were trying to be cool, we named our next dog Danger because we thought we were hard. Um, so they both passed away. And uh, are they in heaven? No, they, they're not in heaven. Um, but can God create a new creature in heaven that I call Sparky one day? Sure, why not? Potentially. Speculative the- theology right there. So uh, that's the show for today. Uh, let me uh, give you some universal points based on today's questions. Number one. There's nothing impossible for God. Nothing impossible for God. Number two, uh, with regards to our parents, we've, we're called to honor them at all times, no matter the age. But that does not mean that they can dictate our decisions that we make as long as our decisions are made in right reason, faith, and morals. And when it comes to relationships with people, we cannot enforce them to do that which we think is best. We can only receive the gift that they share with us and accompany them in their walk toward eternity insofar as they allow us to accompany them in their walk toward becoming saints. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God, we ask that you give us the grace to surrender, for we do not know that which is best. We think we know at times, but sometimes we do not know the specifics. But we do know that you are God, and that you are constantly drawing us to be more intentional in our relationship with you and that you would give us the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship and obedience to all the teachings that you manifested to us in the sacred scriptures. We ask this prayer, Father, in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, God bless. Can't wait to continue to walk with y'all toward eternity. See you next week.